And here we go. My name is Darian. I am back for another week of horror, bullshit, and shenanigans. Well, it's that time of year, boys and girls. Are you ready to get depressed and uh, start hating your life all over again? Because Halloween has come and gone, my friends. And so has October, as a matter of fact. Now, a lot of people of our particular ilk like to get depressed about this time. I choose to extend my October right in through pretty much all the way till uh, Thanksgiving. Because it's the same fucking weather. It's just people are taking their Halloween decorations down, right? You can still watch horror movies. There's thousands of them on Amazon, Tubi, Hulu, other Tubi, Netflix, all of that shit. So why not just uh, run it right through? That's what I do. And it's not as depressing. Because November, let's face it, is pretty fucking depressing. A lot of people trying to get a jump on their uh, Christmas shopping. Just to be followed up with actual Christmas shopping in December, which is even more depressing. So let's try to keep our spirits up, inmates. Uh, I had a very busy October, very busy Halloween, all kinds of parties I had to go through. I didn't get a fucking... There was not one weekend in October where I was not drunk. (laughs) In fact, the entire first week I was pretty well drunk down in Disneyland. I did not complete my 31 horror movies in 31 days challenge, but I did have to take a week off for Disneyland, so apologies there. I'll bring you up to speed on what I did finish watching this week. Um, As you can probably tell by now, I am the only one here. Nobody, no Monica, both out doing stuff. I did see Monica uh, this last weekend. We went to the corn maze, played zombie paintball. That's a lot of fun, man. Uh, those of you in the Reno area, what they do, they go out to the Andalin family farm off of Pyramid Highway, and they uh, load you up in a bus that has been mounted with, I don't know, 25, 30 paintball guns affixed to the side, and then they drive you through the cornfield where you just light up these poor teenagers dressed up like zombies. <laughs> now, I, can, I know I'm not only speaking for myself, but yes, I know what you're thinking, and the answer is yes. I did aim for the nuts on every single one of the zombies. Uh, I got a couple headshots, but clearly it didn't bother these kids at all. But if you tag them right in the crotch, they give a little... (laughs) And that's the kind of grown-up that I am, that I like to inflict uh, crotch pain on teenagers. So there you have it. It was a lot of fun, though. They had a haunted corn maze out there, too. We did that. Took the whole horror family with me. Had a great time. Sad that it's over, though. I have to admit, I am a little a little sad that it's over. 
October was just too fucking busy, man. It just flew by. I had too much shit going on. I guess when you're the local horror guy, you get invited to everything uh, that is in any way Halloween-related. And because I don't know how to say no to people, I must then come to your house and get hammered, uh, even if you're... Even if I'm the only one there hammered, I will still do it on Halloween. All right, enough about me. I got a regular show to get into here, kids. Do you guys realize that this is episode 500 of the Padded Room podcast? I've done 500 of these fucking things. You would think I would have more to show for it than just, uh, well, I don't really have anything to show for it, but you would think I would have something by now. Anyway, enough about me uh, depressing myself. Let's get into some horror news here, shall we? <laughs> horror news. Horror news. Um, I don't know how I feel about this one just yet. Boondock Saints Part 3 is in pre-production. Norman Reedus and Sean Patrick Flannery returning. Troy Duffy, back to direct. If you ever wondered how big of a douchebag Hollywood can make you, check out a documentary called Overnight uh, about Troy Duffy. He wrote and directed the Boondock Saints movie. He was basically an overnight sensation in Hollywood, and he immediately turned into the biggest prick I've ever seen in my life. Now, more to the point about the Boondock Saints movies. I think we can all probably agree that those movies were absolutely the greatest thing since sliced bread when we were all 20 years old, right? You watch them now and you realize that it's actually pretty silly and the plot is kind of uh, formulaic and it's really not that good. It's, it's actually pretty, it's just a, um, it's just another, it, it, those could easily be Fast and Furious movies if they took the cars out of the Fast and Furious movies. It's, it's fine if you like it, good for you. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't see Boondock Saints until I was like 35. So by then I was like, this is is fucking dumb. All right, whatever. Anyway, it's in pre-production for all you Boondock Saints nerds. Uh, What else we got here? Rob Savage. Does that name ring any bells? Probably not. Uh, Have you seen? I did an episode a while back uh, about a found footage ghost movie called Host streaming on Shudder. He directed that, and he is now adapting Stephen King's The Boogeyman. I don't know what The Boogeyman is. I assume it's a short story, um, probably about some kind of a monster harassing a kid, I would imagine. I don't know what else it could possibly be about. It's called The Boogeyman. Uh, That's something to look forward to. I rather enjoyed Host, so I'm looking forward to this. I'm sure it's going to be good stuff. Uh, Trailers are up for The Barn Part 2. At Bloody Disgusting. You guys remember The Barn? It came out, that one came out, uh, I don't want to say like 2016 maybe. Great show. Great 80s throwback Halloween movie. Should have done that one for last month. But uh, more of a slasher than anything else. Finally getting a sequel. Uh, no release date as yet. I did watch the trailer and it looks like this one's actually going to take place sometime in the 90s. So, the first one was very 80s. I think this one's going to take us to to middle school. (laughs) Not that I'm dating myself or anything. 
Uh, let's see here. Are you ready for some more uh, Army of the Dead action? I have not seen Army of Thieves yet. I've heard good things, so um, up for that. Um, when I get a minute, I will check out Army of Thieves. I loved Army of the Dead. I watched it like five times. Um, Zack Snyder has titled his sequel to Army of the Dead, Planet of the Dead, which sounds pretty dope. Maybe we'll get some answers about what all the fucking robots and the Batman and uh, all the other uh, aliens, all the other shit that was going on in Army of the Dead. Maybe we'll get some answers to some of that. Although, in a way, I kind of hope that we don't. Because sometimes I like to just lay back in the, the wee hours of the night and fantasize about what those robot zombies were all about and who the hell put them there and what they were there to do. Uh, lastly, it looks like images are up for Night of the Living Dead Part 2, featuring Lori Cardile, Terry Alexander, and Jarloth Conroy. Now, you probably don't recognize those names, so let me fill you in. Uh, those were the three main characters in Day of the Dead. Uh, Lori, uh, the female, of course. Um, uh, Terry Alexander played the Jamaican guy. And Jarloth Conroy played the Irishman. And they were the only three to make it out of that army base. So I'm wondering if this is actually more of a sequel to Day of the Dead. Or maybe this is going to tie the whole shit together. Although we kind of we kind of... That ship has already set sail. They're, they're too disjointed, I think, at this point to be tied together. But uh, you never know. You never know which way they're going to go with that. Um, Day of the Dead. Not my favorite of the Dead movies. And to be honest with you, of uh, the Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, uh, if you want to get into Land of the Dead, I'll, I'll, I'll allow that. Uh, I'm going to pretend that Survival and Diary of the Dead uh, just never happened because... We don't need to get into that. But of those four movies, probably the weakest. Easily had the least amount of zombies in it. Um, Probably also the heaviest. Heaviest handed on the political posturing. Which, you know, Romero was known for. But in other movies, he could sneak his, his messaging in a lot more subtlety. With more subtlety, I guess. That one, that one gets very soap opera-y, you know, with... Uh, the possible love triangles happening in this underground pace, uh, the dickishness of most of the army personnel, and the saintlyhood of the scientists. Anyway, um, tr- uh, images are up for Night of the Living Dead Part 2. Those three guys are in it. I, I, uh, I don't want to go off on a rant here, but and I, I, by all means, I am for sequels and remakes and you know, tying things together and all that shit. You know that if you've been listening to this this podcast, but do we need to fuck around with Night of the Living Dead? I that that's that as I've said before, easily my favorite horror film, favorite film of any genre of all time. Um, there have been attempts. There was a remake. It was actually not that bad. Directed by Tom Savini. Um, there's been like other weird little offshoots. Uh, Night of the Living Dead Transfiguration. That one with Sid Haig. There was like a, a weird 3D situation going on there. Um, there's been like attempts to do things with Night of the Living Dead, sequel and remake wise. Um, so far, more more harm than good, I'd say. Not not very good, not very good at all. Uh, I've yet to make it all the way through that Sid Haig one. The Tom Savini one is pretty good. Um, 
other I mean I don't know why we I don't know why we even want to fuck with that cuz it's 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 it, all there's only potential to piss people off if you're going to fuck around with Night of the Living Dead in my opinion um whatever you do is not going to live up to the original even even Tom Savini's I don't think lived up to the original and it was still pretty good and I don't I'm I'm not apologizing for Tom Savini I thought he did a great job but still it wasn't the original and I'm sorry. Oh, and now we have this uh, new remake coming out with uh, a female Ben, for fuck's sake, which I called a long time ago. I'm not going to get into that. All right, inmates, that's all we got on the horror news. Let's bang out some listener mail here, shall we? Listener mail. Hey, yeah. Let's see here. We got some emails. We got some voicemails. We got some other stuff coming at us. Here we are. Uh, no, we're not. Never mind. Hold on. Hold that thought. Five, 500 episodes. You'd think I would have this down by now, right? Well, you're wrong. I don't. Okay, here we are. Let's start it off in Sydney, Australia. Here comes our main man, Tim. I know you're listening to Horror for Dummies. Keep doing that. And if you're not listening to Horror for Dummies, stop doing that and start listening to Horror for Dummies, I think is the best uh, way to go. Uh, Subject line, this is Tim here, not the horror slut. Although Tim has been known as a horror slut himself, so... It's, let's not say that there's only one horror slut in this week's email. <laughs> uh, this is Tim here, not the horror slut. Hello, guys and girl. Hope all is well this week. I've missed you guys. It's been too long. Dome. This one is a tough one. You guys are right with Jigsaw closing the box, but Pinhead can do so much as well. But I'm going to say they keep going back and forth until the cancer that Jigsaw has eventually kills him, so Pinhead wins. That's a, that's a valid point there. That's the thing. And that's what I kind of like about Jigsaw there, Tim. He was never actually defeated. He died of fucking cancer, okay? So, yeah, I mean, he's de- he is dead. He did die. But he was never defeated, Tim, is what I'm saying. Uh, think about that. Mr. Darian, are you Stakeland? Yes, I am. Uh, that's it for me this week, baby. Do me a favor and keep being sexy, awesome, and wonderful. Much love, Tim. Not horror slut, although I can be if you want me to be. <laughs> I knew it. I knew he was a horror slut. I knew it, Tim. Speaking of horror sluts, let's get over to London, England. Here she comes. The lady herself, Cat, is in the house. Subject line, brains all the way. Evening, gents. I do hope everyone had a wonderful and safe holiday. I'm still on my double shift rotation, so mine was thankfully uneventful. Cat, what the hell do you do for a living, my dear, that you have to work all these double shifts? I feel like uh, you're either a nurse, a police officer, a nuclear physicist. Although, I don't feel like a nuclear physicist would be working double shifts because... You want those guys well-rested. So I'm saying you're either a nurse or a police officer, Cat. Let us know. Uh, double shift rotation, so mine was thankfully uneventful. For Terradome, I have to agree that Jigsaw has the brains to deal with Pinhead in a very precise manner, so he gets my vote. Now with Educate, are you Stakeland? You got me, 
cat. That was was that too easy? I think it was. I think it was the uh, addressing him by his title that gave it away. Yep. I do believe you are back to work for me, but wanted to email before I forgot. Have a great week, cat. Thanks for emailing in, cat. You got me. I'm Stakeland, all right. So did uh, Tim. That was too easy, I think. God damn it. I'm start making these things harder. Okay, very cool. Thanks for writing in, Cat. We got. Uh, oh wait a minute. She wanted Jigsaw. Let me check. Let me just get these votes down real quick. And the dogs are at it again. Fucking dogs! I swear to God. Okay, thanks for writing in, Cat. Uh, let's get uh, some email or some voicemails here, shall we? We're gonna start things off deep down in the southern region of the United States. Here comes the chrome skull of people that call into the podcast. It's Alan. Padded room, what's up? What's going it's on, Alan? The, uh, I don't know, something that's calling in. Okay. Anyway, hope everybody's doing good. I'm I hope here. everybody got a good Halloween. Sure. Care home, as much as it pains me, give me Jigsaw because yep. he is an engineer. I yep. figure he could get that box going and then get Pinhead back. I would agree. Uh, and Darian, you are Stakeland. You got Hope me too. Good. Talk to y'all later. Bye. I'm telling you, I made that one too fucking easy. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. Uh, that's two more for Jigsaw. Thanks for calling in, Alan. Um, yeah, dude. I got. I'm a th- this week. I'm going to do a deep dive, and nobody's going to get it. Or maybe I'll do like a medium dive. How about I'm going to do a medium dive, give you guys a fair chance to maybe get it, except I don't know what I'm doing yet. Uh, Speaking of, I don't know what I'm doing. Here comes Mr. Tom Hardy. I don't, he called three times. I don't know if I'm playing these in order. Hold on. Uh, 259, 137. No, six, 603. This one's got to be first. I think this one's first. Hey-yo! Hey-yo! Padded Room, how's my favorite degenerates this week? Uh, it's I just hope me everyone's again. doing good. Hope everyone's well. I'm here. I kind feel of good. doubt anyone's there. I don't know. <laughs> two, two weeks in a row seems like too much. Anyway, yeah, I got, no way. Uh, I got some shit I wanted to get into real quick. I'm just going to get started here. And there was something I meant to talk about or talk to you guys about, get your opinion on yeah, last we week. Um, they had dropped the first four episodes of the uh, hmm. the new uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer yes. on Amazon. Yeah. So I was like, oh, actually, I'm going to check this out. I, I like the first flick, you know, yeah. and then yeah. progressively worse. But What do you think? So anyway, well, here, I, I got a little background. Okay. Back in the day, and I, I'm, I don't know if this is just, you know, hmm. personality trait or growing up poor or what, but, like, if I rented a flick... I finished the flick. Yeah, you totally. know, I paid three bucks. I'm going to rent this mother. I'm going to watch the whole fucking thing. I don't care how bad it is. Even yep. Even when it is like I know where you're going with this. Super bad. Uh-huh. And you know it's not going to get no better. You know like my fucking rock and roll nightmare. You remember that one? <laughs> yeah. You knew that wasn't going to get any better. No from the way. First 10 minutes, but I sat through the whole fucking thing because I spent three bucks on this motherfucker, you know? So here's my conundrum here. Watch the first four episodes, and then right. I guess they're going to have new episodes every week. Okay. First episode sucks fucking ass. Like it's like it's a it sucks ass while it's shitting. Maybe even oh, a yuck. diarrhea. Shit. Oh That's yuck! That's how bad this teaser. Oh no! So I watched the second episode, and it was a little bit better. Okay. Third and fourth episodes just 
fucking mediocre at best. All right. Kind of silly, kind of kind of stupid, to be honest with you. And, and just to be straight, bad. Just okay. Not good. So here's the thing. Generally speaking, I'm, I'm watching the motherfucker. I'm going to finish it out. You know, I started this some bitch. I'm going to finish this some bitch. Well, but I mean, here's my conundrum now. Okay. If I finish it, if I watch I the think episode, he's being pulled over. then it's kind of like it's because like when you rented it from the video store, nobody that, knows whether you watch the whole fucking thing or not. That's true. But if you're watching it online, then they they can see. Oh, you know, guy watched the whole show. So it's almost saying like I rented it from the video store. Yeah. Nobody knows whether you watch the whole fucking thing or not. Right. But if you're watching it online, then they they can see, oh, you know, guy watched the whole show. So it's almost saying, like, I approve of this or I, I stuck <laughs> with this. Well, you so went back like for this, episode right? two, so. Well, I definitely don't want, I definitely don't want anybody to think that I like it and why, I don't want why are you still watching fucking it? Amazon to be like, hey, we did a good job on this fucking stupid ass series, no, you know. then stop. So uh, fucking stop. people love this stop shit. Stop it. But on the other hand, I, I do feel like I need to finish the fucker out. Why? So, you know, to you guys, to the inmates, what are your thoughts? Stick with it. Get out of it. Just move the fuck along. Get out of there, man, is what I say. What happened? Did we lose him? Love this Google voice. Come on. It's like when you rent it from the video store, nobody knows whether you watch the whole fucking thing or oh, not. Boy. But if you're watching it online, I'm gonna have a hell of a time then they, this. they can see, oh, you know, guy watched the whole show. So it's almost saying, like, I approve of this okay. or I, I stuck with this. All right. So I'm- I think he got GP'd, but my phone is acting up. All right, let's, he did call back, but he, he makes an, ec- an excellent point. And it, it, it speaks to, like, when you pick up a book and you don't like the ending but you have to finish it because you've already you're already invested in the book you know what i'm saying so like back in the day as he mentioned you you had to burn calories to get these movies you had to get in a car you had to drive somewhere or walk somewhere or ride a bike somewhere in my case you had to pay the 3 bucks um you usually had to deal with some kind of scrutiny from the dickhead behind the counter especially if you're renting surf nazis must die for the 48th time um and then you had to go back, and then you had to. In my usually, I had to wait till my parents were done with the TV before I could watch my movies. And uh, I'll be goddamn if I even if it was terrible. I'll be goddamn if I'm not going to see those closing credits. Now all you have to do is hit the stop button on your Roku remote, and you're done. You're done, and it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> Whatever you just saw is done and over with. Case in point. Every night I have I have like a weird sleep thing where I can't go to sleep in a room if it's dead silent. I need like some background noise. So usually what I do to my wife's dismay, I put on uh I find some random innocuous horror movie that I may or may not have seen on Tubi, stick that on, turn the volume down to like 3 or 4 and then that's how I'll fall asleep. Now, depending on how tired my wife is and how tired I am, she might turn the TV off. I'm not going to make it to the end of that movie. I probably, when I wake up in the morning, I won't even remember the title of it, but um, it's fine. 
You know, I'm not, I don't care. When I wake up, there's going to be a different movie on, and it'll be there while I'm getting ready for work. I'm not going to make it to that end of that one either. I'm just going to keep going and living my life. <laughs> you know, if I, you know, catch something that catches my eye, I might make note of the title and come back to it later, but it is probably not. I'm watching uh, both movies in increments of 15 minutes or so, and because I'm either falling asleep or going to work, I'm not going to remember a fucking thing about them. And you can do the same, Tom Hardy. Uh, it sounds to me like you're, you've already grown somewhat disdainful of the uh, new show. I haven't heard good things about it either. But uh, let's get back to Tom Hardy. He called back again. G motherfucking peed. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Anyway, you know, I just, uh, like I said, I just get don't want them to think that 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 was good, that they did a good but you're job watching of this it. series. And I don't want to give it watches. But you are but to I watch it. But I feel like I need to finish it out. No, you I don't. don't. Know. Maybe it's just something I'm going to fucking have to grow up and get over. Yeah, you don't have anyway, to. Anyway, on to the regular business. Okay. Um, what are you looking at, department? I got to catch a couple of flicks. Okay. God damn, this is going to be a long one. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Um, so I got to catch uh, The Loved Ones. I've never seen that one oh, before. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I like that. That's pretty good. You know, yeah. pretty fucking gory, too, man. Oh, I did yeah. not expect that. Uh that was, that was a pretty good one. I also got to catch uh, this flick, Dance of the Dead. Huh. You know, it's fucking prom night zombie. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Dead. And I mean, you're yeah. not watching it to More of fucking a have great cinema or no. have you. Uh, what else? Oh, this other one called Killer Movie Director's Cut. You know, it's a oh. typical slasher. You know, they're filming a, um, a reality TV show. Oh, and, I think I've uh, seen that. You know. That was a fake movie. Taken off the cast. Funny thing is about that one. London. You know, you see that killer it. movie director's cut. You kind of read what it's about. You're like, oh, this is going to be like a, uh, you know, a found footage because you know they got the cameras and all. That. It's not. It's oh. actually pretty decent. Okay. And Maybe I think I this film's it. like fucking ten years old at least. So I don't think I'm ruining anything, but no. it breaks one of the uh, typical slasher tropes in that um, the final girl is the bitch. She's the one, you know, you oh. go up to her, hey, you want a cup of coffee? Fuck you. The fuck you want, you know, she's just a total <laughs> fucking cunt. So, nice. And then she ends up being the survivor girl. <laughs> it was like, all right. did not see that coming, but I like kind it. of appreciated the twist. Sure, I like anyway, that. Anyway, it's not bad, and part of the reason I watched, like, all those flips I just mentioned was the, the run times on them, because it was like, uh, they were in the 70, 70 to, like, 85-minute range. Nice. I like a short. And you know how it is. Sometimes you just gotta you gotta go with what you got time for. Yeah, exactly. And it's not always the best way to choose flicks, but you know sometimes that's all you can do. And I gotta say, I I actually really enjoyed them. And I was thinking to myself, you know, there are a lot of like hmm. good, decent movies, even on the decent side. Yeah. That could move up to good if they trimmed, you know, five ten minutes. Why does it always have to be yeah. like a minimum of ninety fucking minutes? Yeah. It's a, you know what I mean? You can you can tell the whole story and all that. You don't need all this extra filler or setup that yeah. really doesn't do anything, doesn't pay off. So I know I'm droning on no, about that. No, no, you're but, fine. Uh, just wanted to get that out there. I get it, man. Last thing, um I got to catch the uh, Army of Thieves flicks. I'm gonna I'm uh, gonna watch that. What'd you think? GP'd again. God damn it. He did call back, though. I wanted to hear what he had to say about Army of Thieves. I hope he liked it, because I could really get behind this Army of the Dead universe that Snyder's building. 
Uh, unfortunately, all my favorite characters so far are already dead. So, fuck, I guess. I don't know. Let's hear what he has to say about uh, Army of Thieves. Double team, motherfucking team? Hell yeah. Yeah, buddy. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm throwing it on No, um, bring it. Army of Thieves yeah. flicks. Uh, I think? thought it was pretty good, man. It's a, it's a good little heist flick. Okay. Um, the one thing is, it's definitely not a... Kind of how the other flick was a heist flick yeah. with a zombie movie going on oh, at the yeah. same time. There's more of a heist with a, a love story going on at the oh. same time. Well, it's fun. It's okay. enjoyable. It's uh, I would definitely recommend it. It's Just know Netflix. what you're getting into. No, it's not a horror flick. It's not even a zombie flick. You know, okay. it's it's a heist flick. All right. Um, but having seen it, I kind of was like, ah, fuck it, man. And I went ahead and watched Army of Dead again. Yeah, buddy. And uh, man, that's a, that's still a good flick. It I really is. enjoyed I that. It. All right. Oh, Terror Dome. What do you, you got? Know what I think uh, I hate to do this. Huh. But I, I think we're going to have to give it to Jigsaw yeah. over uh, the Hell Priest there, the Cenobite uh, Pinhead. Yep. The only reason being is uh, the puzzle box. You it's, know, I think yeah. uh, I think Jigsaw's smart enough to manipulate that puzzle box. You're right. Send him back to Hell to prevent him from coming out. Yep. One of the two, you know. I, I hate to do it because I'm more of a Pinhead guy. Me but, too. Anyway, that's where I'm going. On the educating department, I felt like the clues were familiar. Yeah. You're, but I don't I'm not I don't know what it is. You're gonna kick I might yourself. go listen to the clues again and see if I can get it. If I do, I'll give you yeah, a fucking fourth call. <laughs> anyway, start droning on. Love you like family. Bye now. You're all good, Tom Hardy. Love you too, sir. Um Yeah, I'm sure you're kicking yourself right now that you have figured it out. It is in fact Stakeland. Uh yeah, I gotta I gotta get I gotta get the Army of Thieves, man. And I should probably go ahead and order uh, Army of the Dead on Blu-ray now that I think about it. Because I feel like this is going to be a whole thing. There's already, we just talked about the sequel, Planet of the Dead. There's an animated prequel coming out at some point. I'm excited for that because I want to see more with Scott and Vanderhoe and all those guys. Um, and now we already have Army of Thieves. So this is this is ramping up to be something. So I can't wait. I'm hoping maybe a box set at some point. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Anyway, that's all we got on the listener mail, boys and girls. Thank you, Tom Hardy, Kat, uh, Tim, and Alan for calling in. Uh, Your votes are locked. You, too, could be a part of the Padded Room community. The uh, mental health hotline is area code 775-387-0275. Or shoot me an email at thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. Vote for the Terra Dome. Tell me what movies you watched or didn't watch or started and didn't finish. Uh, whatever you, what, hey, I'll I'll tell you. Uh, I'll give you running advice. You want to learn how to run faster? Pick up your your pace a little bit. Sure, I'll tell you all about it. All right. In the meantime, we've got a movie to get into. You got your forty fives locked and loaded, inmates. Every day, on every street, in every city, women are insulted. Abused. Threatened. What's the matter? What's the matter with you? Are you planning on going with someone? Would you like to go with me? 
much too beautiful to be a model. What's her secret? What is she hiding? Where is she going? That's Ms. 45 from 1981, directed by Abel Ferrara, written by Nicholas St. John. This bad guy got 6.8 stars on IMDb. Stars Zoe Lund, Albert Sinkus, and Darlene Studo. Studo. It's got a, it's got a pretty good R rating. Um, despite the lack of nudity, there, was, there wasn't any nudity in this movie that I recall. Um, not a bad show. It's a, it's rape revenge month here in the padded room inmates. So get ready for more of this. Um, this one's kind of (laughs) wacky. So basically the underlying, it's the, it's the tried and true tale of somebody having the shittiest day of their life and thus getting a free pass to go on a killing spree. We've all been there. We've all done it. You know, you get rear ended on the way to work. So you're late. So the boss chews your ass and then you're, you fuck something up. So, yeah, after that, you got to go shoot up a sports bar, right? I mean, that's we've all been there. We've been done that before. So our story picks up with a young lady by the name of Thana. And Thana is mute, and she works in a sleazy 1981 New York City, upsta- up, uh, uptown Manhattan. I guess it's a fashion uh place they they make designer clothes but really it's like one dude who i guess is the designer and he's got to sell his designs and he's got a team of five or six seamstresses that build the clothes and then he's got some models that come in and model them for prospective buyers i don't know if that's how the fashion industry works but i like to think not i like to think there's a lot more to it than just that now before we move on from this, a couple of things. <laughs> I feel like the Thana's boss. Thana's boss is a guy named Fred, and I don't. I'm pretty sure Fred was gay, except that that's not going to work later in the movie. He's very flamboyant. Uh, he wears a lot of three-piece suits with nothing underneath. If you understand what I'm saying, um, he does like a lot of like posing in weird ways and getting all you know, huffy and puffy with the girls. Very interesting character, this Fred. But later on, he's going to do some questionable shit. So, um, they're they're done for the day. Uh, Thana and... She's got like five other chicks that work there. They're all pretty good friends. They uh, decide they're going to cut loose for the day. They they take off out of there. They go walking down the, the streets of sleazy Manhattan where they get catcalled by anybody and everybody with a penis. Uh, at one point, they walk through what appeared to be the village people because there's a construction worker and he's telling them all what nice asses they have. And then there's a biker guy and he's like, whoosh, whoosh. 
And then there's a, a black guy, and he's like, ooh, baby, come on, mama. <laughs> it's great. And, uh, yeah, they like walk through this gauntlet of all these sleazy fuckers. And then uh, once they get through it, you know, there's like one tough chick that's a friend of theirs. And she, I thought, was actually the most attractive chick uh, in the movie. Uh, she's like flipping these dudes off. And, ah, get bit, you fucking asshole. And then uh, once they get through there, they all kind of break off and go their separate ways to get back to wherever they live. Unfortunately, Fana has to go down a dark, like a dark street, but it's still like broad daylight. It's like two or three in the afternoon. Uh, she walks past uh, one particular alley and some asshat in a uh, mask jumps out and grabs her, pulls her into the alley and rapes her from behind at gunpoint. Uh, now, this this jerk off is actually Abel Ferrara. He is the uh, director of this movie. And we may remember him from such other timeless classics as The Driller Killer and pretty much any other sleazy horror movie that was based in on or around New York City. So that's nasty. Uh, she gets roughed up a little bit. Uh, we don't get to see any nudity, though. Her shirt gets torn open, but the bra remains intact, unfortunately. Um, from there, she gets up. She kind of gathers herself. Uh, she was actually just had just left the grocery store when that happened. And uh, like all of her groceries got thrown about, except she managed to save one two-liter bottle of Coca-Cola, which is an interesting... Uh, item to go after when you've just been raped but uh, maybe it's comfort food or something so while that's happening uh cut to across town where her where she lives in her apartment by herself pretty shitty apartment at that mind you uh some other asshat is breaking into her apartment and looking for money or anything else he can steal so she makes it back home uh goes walks into her apartment and when you know it this fucking jerk off rapes her too so this is a double, it's a rape on rape entendre of this poor young lady. Uh, Zoe Lund playing Thana. Pretty, pretty attractive, pretty attractive, attractive young lady. Uh, she was actually only 17 at the time that they made this movie, which probably explains why there was no actual nudity, at least on her part. So she gets raped again. Uh, she decides halfway through that she's about had it with this turd. So she reaches over, grabs a paperweight and smacks him in the head with it. He drops his gun. He had a gun too, by the way. Uh, she gets up and lets him have it with an iron right to the back of the head five or six times. Kills him. Well done, Thana. One less uh, ass bag that we need to worry about out there breaking into people's apartments and raping chicks. So after that, she kind of goes into PTSD mode for a moment. And this is where we're going to meet another interesting character, an old lady that lives next door to Thana in her uh, apartment building. I don't know what this lady's problem is, but she is um, very nosy. Uh, she jumps to a lot of conclusions, unfounded. And uh, really, she just is into everybody's business. Like, sp not necessarily spying on her neighbors, but just all of, hey, what are you doing? Where are you going? When are you going to be back? Oh, have you seen my dog, Phil? I don't know where he is. Oh, is you, I think your mother called. Tell her I said hi. All this, you know, way more, especially in 1980s New York. I don't want to know anybody that I live next to. I don't want to live anybody that I live next to right now. I don't want to know them. I don't want to know what their names are. I definitely don't want them knocking on my door. And I don't want them in my business. That's just me, though. So this lady's all up in Thana's business. 
Um, as Thana like has like a moment of oh shit, what did I just do? And then here comes this old windbag uh, coming in there trying to. Hey, let's, I thought I heard something. You better let me in. Phil goes running in there and immediately sniffs out the dead body in the bathtub. Uh, luckily, the old lady doesn't see it, but she is already suspicious because oh Phil, oh yeah, there's something going on in that apartment, Phil. I just know it. Um, so Thana, after that, kind of goes into PTSD mode a little bit. Now, Zoe Lund doesn't have a single line in this whole movie. All she has to do is look sexy, smoke the occasional cigarette, and blow a lot of people away. <laughs> That's pretty much the depth of the character, which is fine. I get it. Uh, so from there, Zo- uh, Thana kind of she starts struggling at work. She keeps having these uh, flashbacks of weird people grabbing her boobs out of the shower curtain and things like that. She's very much into PTSD land at this point, as she should be. It's been a very traumatic day. Um, The next day she goes to work. Uh, Basically, anybody with a penis anywhere near her becomes very suspect. And she's like, oh, don't look at me. Oh, don't touch me. He's breathing on me. Um, Her work performance starts to suffer a little bit. And as the, this this is very strange, and I don't know if this was intentional or not, but her boss Fred, at the start of the movie, comes across as very gay. He's very flamboyant. He's always posing, and oh come on, girls, let's get this thing going. We've got a lot of work to do. Gradually, as the movie goes on, he becomes more masculine, and by the end of the movie, well, we'll get to that in a second. It's it's very strange, though. I'm not sure what we're doing here, uh, Abel Ferrara. All right, well, regardless, she her work performance is suffering. She she's got a dead body in the bathtub at her apartment, and she doesn't know what to do with it. So that day, she comes back, and she's like, well, I got to do something about this dead guy. She starts cutting him up and piecemealing him out, and she puts all the body parts in the refrigerator in garbage bags. All right. Uh, what she's going to do, the plan, I think, is that one by one, she was going to take the pieces and kind of scatter them throughout the city. That's a good plan. Uh, also, she is now armed with a forty-five. That looked to me to be more like a 9mm, but we'll call it a forty-five. It's fine. She's got a handgun. And apparently a limitless ammunition also. Uh, so from here, she's going to start piecemealing out these, uh, these body parts. So uh, we don't see what goes where other than black plastic bags and away she goes. So the first one... She's walking across the street. Apparently in in the early 80s in New York City, if you're a dude and you find yourself on a street and a female walks by, you must accost her. It's It must have been like a uh, some kind of a bylaw in that municipality that all females must be uh, harassed <laughs> at all times. If you have a penis, we prefer that you uh, try to stick it in every female that walks by. So... Be as aggressive as you can. <laughs> and, um, this is doing nothing for New York tourism, especially in the 80s, obviously. Anyway, uh, she's walking by, of course, you know, your typical goomba standing out on the street corner. Hey, look at, hey, what you doing there, honey pants? Come on over here. Let me sit on your face. Oh, and she goes walking by. She's got a, a fucking body part in a bag and. She makes it to like an empty lot where she just drops the body part and then keeps walking. 
the the Goomba sees it and he's like, "Hey, honey, you dropped your bag over there, right? Let me pick it up and bring it to you." So <laughs> she starts she starts like walking fast, and he goes and grabs the bag and starts tailing her, and he's like, "Hey, you dropped your bag over here, right?" And now she's like running in a dead sprint. And uh, this Goomba is running after her because he's like, hey, you got your bag. Eventually, she just turns around and shoots him in the head. <laughs> oh, here, here he is. Uh, granted, a bit on the vulgar side and about as subtle as a sledgehammer, but he's trying to be a good Samaritan. He just saw the young lady drop her bag. He's trying to return the bag to her. He doesn't know there's a body part in it, obviously. And he, she blasts him right between the eyes. Boom! And then she goes like back into PTSD land. <gasps> we get like a weird psychedelic montage while she just kind of takes off. She just decides to haul ass and leave the body part there, and that's that. So away she goes. Uh, excellent, <laughs> I guess. Uh, again, gets in more trouble at work. This time, Fred, the slightly masculine, possibly gay, ambiguous guy, is like. Now you listen to me, Thana. Your work is slipping, but we are having a Halloween party, and I expect you to be there, my dear. Do you want to come? And apparently she's not doing sign language. She just writes everybody notes. She's like, yes, I'll be there. And he's like, very well. I'll see you then. Uh, so basically she got out of an ass chewing by promising to go to this Halloween party at work. All right. Very cool. Uh, that day, her and her girlfriends go to lunch, and they go to, like, this little neighborhood diner, and the people in the booth across from them are very aggressively making out with each other, in a very disgusting, like, uh, yeah, I'm all for public displays of affection, but when, like, the saliva starts dripping off your chin because you've been making out for, like, two, you know, 15 minutes... That, it's getting a little gross. Let's dial it back a little there, people. All right, let's come up for some air or maybe take, take a bite of your burger. Anyway, there's a man and a woman in the uh, the stool the, uh, stall next to them making out. Uh, the tough chick, my favorite, was like, Hey, it's like the zoo over here. Get a room, you two. We're trying to eat. So the chick that is the makeout partner gets up and leaves, leaving the guy there by himself. He's like, bye-bye, sweetie. As soon as she leaves, he comes sauntering over to the ladies' table, and he's like, hey, how you doing, ladies? I'm here. I got a, I got these glasses and a nice perm going on. I just wanted to introduce myself. My name is Tony. It's nice to meet you. And the tough chick is like, get bent, you fuckwad. <laughs> I am in love with that chick. I don't know what her name is or who the actress was, but I am in love with her. Get out of here. Go fuck yourself. Get bent. Uh, eventually the guy's like, oh, hey, okay, then I guess it's a tough crowd. So he goes back to his stall. Uh, about that time, the chicks are done eating, so they all get up and leave. Thana is the last one, uh, out of the restaurant. So this turd gets up and starts following her. She's already, like, skeeved out because she figures she's looking at her third rape of the movie. Uh, unfortunately for everybody involved, he's not actually a rapist. But he is a bit of a scumbag. So he catches up to her at a stop sign. And he's like, hey, I just, I feel like we got off to the on the wrong foot there. My name is Tony. I'm a photographer. You got a great cheek bone 
you're looking very attractive here, but I'm, I'm going to teach you how to make some money. Look, let's go back to my place. It's right around the corner here. I'm going to take some pictures of you. Now, if I'm in Thana's shoes or if I'm in any young lady's shoes, no fucking way am I going back to your place so you can take pictures of me. All right. Uh, number two, we're going to go back to your place or more than likely your mom's place where you're going to try to roofie me and then rape me is more likely. But Thana follows him. And wouldn't you know, he actually takes her to a photography studio. He gets out of the elevator and he's like, hey, come on over here. I'll need to set up this lighting and stuff. And she just unloads. <laughs> she just empties a magazine into this poor guy. Now, I am all for, well, I'm all for, you know, hitting on chicks. And if she comes back to the apartment with you, I'm not saying that he was entitled to sex. And I'm not saying that she deserved a rape but he it was a legit uh photo shop you know what i'm saying had lights and cameras and everything he didn't even like grab her butt or anything he just invited her in he turns around and blocka 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 (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) take it easy there lone ranger what are you doing you're just blasting people now all right well he's dead obviously and she just goes on about her business and now she's like I kind of like killing dudes, so this is what I'm going to do from now on. So she goes back home. She disposes of a few more body parts. Um, One night, she decides she's going out, and this is after another ass-chewing from her boss about her shoddy worksmanship. Uh, She's like, I'm going out. She leaves a note with her, um, the nosy old lady. I think the note said... uh, staying with a friend, be back tomorrow or something like that. And she gets all dolled up and she looks really good when she puts the lipstick on and in that cool eighties teased hair kind of a way she goes out and she's headed out for a night on the town. She's got her 45, obviously. So of course her neighbor is like, what do you mean you're going out for the night? Who's this friend of yours? How do I get a hold of you? When are you going to be back? Oh, uh, she just leaves, um, goes out, and basically just goes on a full-on rampage. Uh, the first dude that she sees is a pimp who's roughing up his prostitute pretty good, and she doesn't even stop to interject. She just like starts blasting from across the street. Blocka, 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 he's dead. Then she walks into Central Park. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Central Park had a real problem with rapes in the early 80s. A lot of chicks just being dragged into the bushes and stuff. She goes walking in there. Uh, she runs across the Warriors. Can you believe it? Uh, Swan and Ajax and Cleon, they all showed up. And they're probably about to put a rape... <laughs> this is very strange. Instead of, like, like, okay, let's get her, guys. They start circling her like sharks, and one of them has a pair of nunchucks. Now, I would be willing to bet that you could, for the right price, procure yourself a pair of nunchucks in New York City. Um, But having the wherewithal to use them without smacking yourself in the face with them 38 times like I did when I was a kid is a whole other thing. And to that point, the actor who was wielding the nunchucks did like a 
like a quick twirly whirl with it, and then that was it, which tells me that that guy didn't know anything about how to use nunchucks. Not that I do, but I do know how to hurt myself with them. So that being said, they're still circling around her, and then the one guy with the headband is like, all right, let's get her. And then she just like does like a 360 Neo from the Matrix move and just unloads on all of these guys, kills all of them, I'm pretty sure, and then just goes walking off back into the night. <laughs> no police. Nobody saw this, or nobody cares, more to the point. Interesting. So from there, she goes up back out onto one of those streets, and a limo rolls up right in front of her. And the limo, like the driver rolls his window down, and he's like, excuse me, miss, would you like a ride? And she gets in, and when you know it, it's one of these uh, 1980s uh, oil sheiks kind of guys from... I don't know, probably Iran or uh, Saudi Arabia. He's got like the chic headdress on, whatever you call that thing. And he's like, I would like to pay you a lot of money if you come and you party with me tonight. I don't know why I'm doing a French accent. I don't know. But uh, he puts like 300 bucks on her leg and she starts smoking a cigarette. And then she just pulls out a gun and blasts him right in the dick. And then shoots him in the face and shoots the driver, gets out and continues on her killing spree. <laughs> Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's a hot turn in the old time tonight. Um, from there, she's finally, the sun's coming up, and she's like, okay, oh, I got to go get some shut-eye. I should probably go back to work. So she goes back home. Uh, when she gets there, the dog is freaking out, and um, the the crazy old lady with the dog, She's like, oh, Phil really wants to get into your apartment. I think he smells something in there. Do you have something rotten in your refrigerator? And Thana is trying to be nice to this old lady, but to get the fucking dog out of her apartment, she's like, get the fuck out of here. Um, doesn't really work. But she gets in. She gets makes it to work that day. Um, while she's at work, the old lady kind of breaks into her apartment to find out what, what's got her dog all riled up. So she gets in there, and the dog's running around. They end up finding the severed head of the original rapist, or I guess the second rapist, right? While that's going on, uh, Thana is at work getting another ass-chewing from her boss, but now he's like a full-on heterosexual dude. He's like, Thana, I expect you to be at the Halloween party. And she writes him a note, yes, I would like to go. And he's like, do you have anybody to go with? No. Do you want to go with me? Okay. <laughs> now, while all that's going on, it's basically sexual harassment, but just across the way, uh, all the seamstress trick chicks uh, are like spying on an office across the way where the secretary, whatever office this is, the secretary is uh, banging the boss. And she's like on top of his desk writing him, and it's very... Very uh, New York sleaze, but they all go running over there to look. And then when Fred, the boss, goes over there to look, he, like, shoots Thana like a knowing, uh, kind of a, you know, like, hey, that could be us later kind of a look. So, excellent. Uh, Thana goes home, get ready for the uh, the big party. She dresses up like a nun, which is pretty hot, loads the forty five and sticks it into her, uh, what do you call, uh, legging, I guess, for lack of a better term. And goes to the party. And while that was going on, the neighbor has called the cops and they're on their way to investigate the severed head. So Thana gets out of there, just missing the cops, goes to the Halloween party. This is a pretty cool 80s Halloween party. 
everybody's dressed up. They're playing 80s music with like a fucking keyboard guy. What do you call those? Uh, synthesizer. Um, you know, all the, the grandiose. And it's like a fashion industry uh, Halloween party, which I feel like would probably ramp it up to 11 on the weird costumes and shit like that. But everybody looks pretty good. Uh, we get a lot of like weird side conversations happening. Um, one guy is like refusing to get a vasectomy despite the fact that his wife wants him to get one. Uh, there's a lot of office gossip going on. Thana walks into this with Fred, the boss, and he's being a perv right from the word go. Uh, he does some terrible dancing and then leads Thana up the spiral staircase where I think he was going to attempt to have sex with her, but I could be wrong. Because there's no actual sexual anything going on. Basically, he starts kissing her feet. And then she like pushes her skirt aside so he can see the 45. And then cut to the crowd downstairs. You just hear the gunshots. Blocka, blocka, blocka. Across the, the town, the cops have gotten there. Discovered the, the dead body of the rapist in the, in the uh, bathtub. And they're like, okay, we need to get over to that office party. That's probably where she is. We got to get over there as soon as we can. So they're hauling ass over to the Halloween party. Unfortunately, Thana has gone full Columbine on this office party. She's standing at the top. This part is actually pretty good. Uh, she's standing at the top of the spiral staircase in her nun costume with a forty-five, And she just starts walking down the stairs, shooting every man that is there. Every Everybody with a penis gets it's a a complimentary 45 slug to the chest uh to include one guy who's just minding his own business the synthesizer player who i'm sure was a a decent guy uh the other dude who refused to get a vasectomy and just a couple other random passerbys that just happened to be there and she just starts unloading on all of them uh finally the chick that i'm in love with the tough talking seamstress sneaks up behind her and stabs her with a carving knife and that's pretty much the end of your movie. That's Miss 45, ladies and gentlemen. Now, a couple of things. This is rape and revenge. Um, she got revenge on the one guy that broke into her apartment. Good for her. Um, the pimp had it coming. Nobody, pimps are no, no good. The gang rapists, they had it coming, although they didn't actually touch her. Um... Everybody else, like the photographer was a scumbag. He didn't deserve to get shot, you know. Maybe he was just going to have her up there for a glass of wine, show her some of his portfolio. Photographers love to show off their portfolios. But I feel like male photographers have like a scummy undertone to them. You know what I mean? Like at some point, they're going to ask you to unbutton another button on your blouse just because fucking scummy (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i feel like the the male photographers that i've dealt with generally scumbags no offense to any photographers out there but there's that um the but he didn't actually other than being scummy and making out a little too voraciously in the diner he didn't really do anything wrong uh what else uh the pimp had it coming the gangbangers had it coming and most of the people at the party were just there to, to have drinks and stuff so she she went a little overboard. I think that's fair. That's a fair thing to say uh, on that. And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> that is Miss 45 from 1981. It is presently streaming on Shudder, if anybody would like to check it out. I'm sure you've already seen it. 
It's a pretty good show. Uh, the rape scenes are surprisingly tame. I thought for... Usually there's like a weird, uh, almost mathematical equation to these to where the rape, the violence and the brutality of the rape has to be offset by the violence and the brutality of the revenge. In this case, I feel like it was 99% revenge, 1% rape. Because, I mean, she didn't... Other than getting a gun pointed at her, she didn't get beat up or anything like that. She didn't get knocked unconscious or choked out. Uh, like in the I Know... Or, um, I Spit on Your Grave. Uh, so, but then she just unloads on everybody with a penis. So, there's that. I'm sure Abel Ferraro was trying to make some kind of a statement with this. I'm too dumb to know what it is. I'll tell you right now. All right, well, that's uh, Miss 45, inmates. Well, I'm going to take myself a little break, and we will uh, do some other stuff when I get back. If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I'm back. <clears throat> you know, I was thinking during the break, it's probably better that Halloween is over. And I'm not saying that because I don't like Halloween, obviously. But if, um, like, dude, <laughs> I, I don't think my liver can take another Halloween party. I'm sorry, my friends. I love you guys. You know that. But still, good Lord, I spent more time drunk in October than I did not drunk. And that is not, that's, that my age, I'm lucky I didn't, uh, you know, die of fucking cirrhosis or pass a kidney stone or some shit. I don't, I have no idea what comes with being drunk all the time, but uh, I, I definitely need a break from being drunk and being at parties. And I'm going to take one starting now uh, until Monica's birthday on the 19th. So that's what I've got going on. Not that anybody asked for that information. I just thought I'd throw it out there. All right. Are you guys ready to get into the Terra Dome? 
Um, let's do it. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. Conference round 11. We had Pinhead versus Jigsaw. The box came open and the emissary arrived. Kramer was expecting him. As the hell priest strode into the room, the cell began to close behind him. Mirrors folded in on each other and began trapping energy in an endless loop. The lament configuration had been completed, but to a much larger scale. The Cenobite wouldn't be sent home this time, but trapped and bound within a much larger version of the box until a time of John Kramer's choosing. With a vote of 8-2, to two, Jigsaw advances over Pinhead. I honestly thought that would be a lot closer. Every, I love Pinhead. I'm a Pinhead guy. I got Pinhead tattooed on my back, but I also have Little Billy tattooed on my arm, so I guess that kind of balances me out on this one. Uh, very cool. Let's take a look at this week's matchup, shall we? We are in the Asylum Conference round 12. As usual, inmates, bear with me. I'm not very good at writing stuff. <clears throat> Derry was coming apart. Sleeplessness and fatigue were catching up to him and making it increasingly difficult to keep the car on the road. He thought if he could get out of Springwood, the nightmares might stop, as if Kruger were somehow bound within the town limits. It was not so. Wherever he went, the nightmares followed. It had been months since he'd had any real sleep and days since he'd closed his eyes at all. If he hadn't been so tired, he might have seen the big rusted truck bearing down on him from miles back. His reaction time might have been faster after the first collision, and he definitely would have been thinking clearer when it got out of the car. Derry, however, was accustomed to the waking nightmares that Freddy had brought him and assumed that this was all in his head, even after the thing spread its wings and carried him off into the night. Singles competition, we have Freddy versus the Creeper from Jeepers Creepers. Now, despite the um, creative origins, I guess, of the Creeper, I actually like Jeepers Creepers. The first two, that third one was dog shit. And I'm not a huge Freddy guy, but I have to be intellectually honest with this fight. 
And the problem that, <clears throat> excuse me, the problem that's going to arise is that the creeper sleeps for like 28 years at a time, right? Was it 28 or 23? It was, maybe it was 23. He sleeps for a long fucking time, which is going to be the exact vulnerability that Freddy can exploit. Um, and because Freddy doesn't technically exist in the physical realm, I don't think the creeper can do much to him uh, unless he wants to go full uh, Nancy Thompson and dig up his body from the junkyard. I gotta go with I gotta go with Freddy on this one, man. That's that's the only way I see it playing out. It's the sleep thing that'll get you. If you if if Freddy goes up against somebody that sleeps, especially a lot like the creeper. That's going to be a problem. Or like a like a regular guy, like a ghost face. Jigsaw, even, he could probably take, I don't know. I'm taking Freddy on that one, inmates. That's your Terror Dome matchup for the week. It is the Creeper versus Freddy. Get me your votes by next week, if you can. Mental Health Hotline, again, this is area code 775-387-0275. And the uh, email is the padded room at, uh, uh, 2011 at hotmail.com. While you're pondering that, I'm going to tell you what other movies I got to watch to attempt to close out the 31 for 31, which I did not. Uh, Here comes What Are You Looking At? What are you looking at? Uh, let's see here. How about Necropath from 2018? Found this guy on Tubi. Low budget as shit, um, but a solid story. You basically have the early onset of a, a zombie apocalypse and a serial killer that is on the loose during that pandemic. He gets bit by a zombie, but for some reason doesn't go full zombie. He, like, maintains some idea of what's going on. Um... And continues his serial killing from there, preying on the survivors of the zombie apocalypse. Pretty solid story. Pretty bad uh, acting and special effects were pretty shoddy because it was low budget, man. You got you to gotta give him some credit. Watch that. Watched uh, Trauma from 1993, the Dario Argento uh, weird sex cult. What? Dude, I don't understand his fascination with putting his daughter naked in his movies. It's got to be an Italian thing, right? Some kind of a European uh, thing. I would, I, I would be wildly off-put at the idea of somebody looking at my naked daughter and me showcasing it in a sexual fashion. Asia Argento is in this one. She's probably, I don't know, maybe 19, and she spends a lot of time naked in it, and she is banging hot, So, which makes it even weirder, <laughs> if you ask me. Uh, I watched The Shining from 1980. Uh, this one's on HBO Max. I was planning on watching The Shining and then running right into Doctor Sleep. Ran out of time. Only got got to uh, The Shining. Uh, watched Bingo Hell from 2021. Caught this one on Prime, Amazon Prime. It's a pretty bad movie. This one's pretty bad all the way around. Uh, what you have here is a cheap knockoff of VFW. If you've seen VFW. Um, except it's got a lot of political posturing. White people are evil, and they're the worst things ever, and they destroy neighborhoods and stuff like that. So if you're in the mood for that, it's on uh, Amazon Prime. 
And lastly, I watched Possum from 2018. This one's streaming on Shudder. Um, not sure how I feel about this one. It's, so this guy's a puppeteer, and he got himself into some kind of trouble. So he had to go back to his childhood home to try to figure out what the, what the deal is. He took his famous puppet with him, which is this human-headed spider creature called Possum. And from there... It's very depressing. Uh, he does a lot of walking through the English countryside, uh, trying to destroy the puppet, but the puppet keeps coming back. In the, I mean, the, I'm not going to tell you the ending in case you want to see this, but it's, um, it's exa- it ends exactly the way you think it does, and you're going to spot what's going on from the word go. So if, if you're in the mood for a depressing horror movie, it's very drab and bleak, and... Uh, I don't think anybody in the entire movie smiles once. And it's just a mainly my main gripe about it is that it's just a lot of footage of this dude walking around with a bag, uh, trying to get rid of the, the puppet. That's, uh, that's all I can say about that. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but, um, I don't know if you're going to put it on, you should probably find something else to do while it's on because you're going to have a hard time focusing on it. It's just a guy walking around, man. It's hard to stay invested in a guy walking around. All right. Anyway, that's what I'm saying. That's all I'm looking at inmates. How about a little immersion therapy here? Shall we? Immersion therapy. Did anybody actually make it all the way through Forest of Love? I couldn't, man. I tried. I tried three times. Um, it's first off, it's a two and a half hour long movie. Okay, so you got to bear down for that. Number two. Uh, it's Japanese and subtitled, or I guess if if you're watching it on Netflix, I think you have the option of a dubbed version. I tried to do the subtitles. Dude, there's just a whole hell of a lot going on here. And it, okay, so it starts off, I'm, first off, I'm sure I, I got a lot of this wrong, but basically it has to do with this uh, teen romance that went awry and now one of the characters blames themselves for something they didn't do. And these two meatheads run afoul of a serial killer, but they're he's kind of tagging along. And like every, probably every uh, half hour, they roll out a new character and a new storyline. And it just keeps, bu- here comes her parents. Now they feel guilty because they didn't know, but now they know. Here comes this uh, weird uh, guy claiming to be a millionaire and he wants to give everybody money. I don't know what the fuck is going on here, dude. It's, I'm sure a lot of it is like lost in translation and there's some cultural differences that I'm not picking up on. But Jesus Christ, that is a lot of fucking movie and you got to be on your game if you think you're going to make it through Forest of Love. I tried, my friends. I'd really tried. I was hoping somebody else made it through. And another thing, this wasn't my pick. This was Buddy's pick. So don't get mad at me. Get mad at him. He's the one that picked it. Um, I was hoping somebody made it all the way through so you could kind of fill fill in some gaps for me here. Uh I guess that didn't happen. It's two and a half hours long. All right? And that's it's not 
It's not like a congruent storyline that we're jumping all over the fucking place. I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I tried. I couldn't do it. I couldn't make it happen. Uh, if anybody did, I would love to hear your thoughts on it and figure out what I missed or if I need to, I don't know, set, send the kids away for a week so I can make it through the movie or something. I don't know. Your immersion therapy for this week, courtesy of Tom Hardy, is going to be Edge of the Axe from 1988. This bad guy is streaming on Amazon Prime. Standard 80 slasher fare. Uh, I think you're going to like it. It's very cheesy and it's kind of, it'll be a nice palate cleanser after Forest of Love. Check that shit out, inmates. We will do the same and we can compare notes next week. But now it is time to educate Darian. That's me. Educating Miss Monica. My clues from last week. Uh, Goddamn, if I'm not stuck in a motherfucking zombie, or excuse me, vampire apocalypse. I'm just a kid, but luckily I found a guy who's pretty good at kicking ass. I have no idea what his name is. I just call him by his title, and uh, that's how we roll. He's teaching me a thing or two as I go. Um... I'm learning how to put the, the smack down on these vampires, but I think they're starting to change a little bit, and that's freaking me out. And I ran into Danielle Harris, and she's pregnant, and I think I might be the father, but I don't know. Um, I am, of course, Stakeland. Great movie, right? Uh, second one, not bad. It's not a bad show. I don't think it lived up to the first one, though. It was still pretty good. Not the, Not the worst thing I've ever seen. Uh, who might I be this week, you ask? So I'm kind of on the outs with my girlfriend. Apparently, I left her and uh, didn't really say why or what I was doing or even if I was leaving her. I just kind of cold-shouldered her. Uh, but it, she, I decided that she is screaming hot, and I'm now going to get back in her good graces by taking her to my parents' uh, vacation home which is in the off-season, so we kind of got the whole neighborhood to our ourself, except my goddamn parents let somebody else use the place at the same time. I probably should have told them before I set out on this little adventure. I really hope nothing rolls in from the goddamn ocean and fucks up my plans of getting back on my ex-girlfriend. Think about that, inmates. I'll fill you in on who I am next week. In the meantime, that's about going to do it for me. Thank you very much for listening. Join me next week for The Crow here in uh, Rape Revenge Month in the padded room. A lot of people don't think this is a horror movie. I don't, I mean, technically it's like a gothic romance slash action flick, uh, but it is rape. There is rape and there is revenge. And this has got a supernatural element, right? So it's kind of like a horror movie. It's got horror elements, I would say. Uh, join me next week for The Crow. In the meantime... Um, we do have a Patreon campaign running. Find the link there at paddedroompodcast.com. Uh, $5 donation gets you control of December, a padded room t-shirt, and a travel mug, a padded room travel mug. Um, again, anything you need to know about us, our affiliate programs, or anybody at all, paddedroompodcast.com. Thank you very much. I think that's uh, about it for me. So, for Buddy in Absentia, Monica in Absentia, weird shit coming out of the ocean, 
Uh, Norman Reedus and Sean Patrick Flannery, who probably don't want to make another Boondock Saints movie. They've both gone on to decent, well, Norman Reedus has gone on to a decent career. Sean Patrick Flannery is still like in that weird D level of acting. Um, Insane Asylums. Um, engineers who figure out how to trap demons in boxes. And the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over.